Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It's your boy Nightmare K.O. back at it again with another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, oh man. Well, we all know what today is. It's the first day of Davos week. We all know the elites and the think tanks and everybody, all the powerful celebrities are all going to be there and they're going to talk about our future as the useless eaters that we are. But ladies and gentlemen, there's more to this than just Davos, man. We have things going on in Canada that is just, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what can you say about Canada at this point, man? I mean, the damn place has gone completely Looney Tunes. At this point, uh, we definitely got to talk about kill switches coming to vehicles, folks, as well. And we also got to talk about genetic modified synthetic milk. That's right, folks. Genetic modified synthetic milk is about to hit stores in 2024. Folks, you can't make this shit up in a Hollywood film. And now we got robot cops. In supermarket aisles now. Folks, I wish I could be making this shit up, but I, I'm not. So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the independent news section. Where we talk about independent news that your mainstream media is not going to tell you about. So, folks, I'm not going to waste any of your time. We're going to get into the news right now. I got six articles for you tonight, so it's probably not going to be a long show. But anyway, let's talk about the shoppers foam at RoboCop in supermarket aisles. That's right, folks. RoboCop is a real thing. So, we got Morrison is using RoboCop cameras in supermarket aisles to stop customers from stealing expensive booze. It It's installed branded SafetyerPod S1 next to the alcohol as a deterrent against the shoplifting epidemic plaguing Britain. The stationary four-legged safety device are equipped with HD cameras and a state-of-art 120 dB siren system to alert against thieves. They are powered by a solar panel battery and can be moved around the store to problem areas where operated by a control room via an app. Morrison is currently reviewing the results of their trial in a handful of stores over the Christmas period. One CCTV monitoring station was seen stationed next to a primary whiskey on Monday with the warning, we're keeping an eye on things to keep your keep your store safe. It was spotted by customer Mark uh, Redditch, who compared the new security system to the cyborg law enforcement in the 1987 film RoboCop. He wrote on X slash Twitter, wow, Morrison has welcomed RoboCop feelings. I'm typing this as I wait for the one member of staff covering all the self-service, uh, self-service tills. I'm also being filmed there because actually paying staff to work when you can just make customers feel like criminals is lovely, isn't it? But Patty, General Secretary of the Union of Shop, Distributed and Ally Workers, USDAW, said there is no doubt that cameras do a deterrent effect and we are supportive of such measures aimed at reducing violence, threats, and abuse at work. To act as a deterrent to would-be attackers, the public must be fully aware they are in use and there must be a police response where incidents do occur. Retail staff are an important part of our community. Their role must be valued, respected, and protected. The 
The award-winning pods are usually found on building sites to provide a 30-metric-wide, 360-degree detection zone continuing scanning for intruders. It is understood to be the first time one of the devices had been used inside of a supermarket, paving the way for future use in other stores if deemed successful. Expanding into the retail sector comes as reports of store thefts in England and Wales were up 25% in the past year, according to the ONS data revealed in October. A Morrison spokesperson said, we launched a safety pod one initiative in a handful of our stores over the Christmas period, and we are currently reviewing the results. So, folks, if you are in England right now or in Britain, you will see these safety pods. Now, I'm looking at the safety pod, and you will definitely be able to check this article out if you uh, do have the premium the premium subscription for technology news and trends. But, folks, this robot looks absolutely ugly. It's absolutely disgusting. Like... <clears throat> I get the safety part, but, uh, and it's funny because people are still in alcohol, which is kind of freaking hilarious, but, uh, but yeah, uh, these things don't look like they move at all, it is kind of sit there, they're very ugly looking, and, uh, yeah, they do have cameras all over the place on this, uh, RoboCop, but, uh, it doesn't seem like it moves, the RoboCops I've seen in America, they actually move around, so... These ones in Britain are pretty ugly, but uh, folks, this is the new normal. This is going to be our new normal going forward in all of our grocery stores around the world. So I am not surprised by this at all. But anyway, I think this is the story of the night, folks. Genetic modified synthetic milk to hit stores in 2024. That's right, folks. You will be drinking genetic synthetic Genetically modified synthetic milk. No more getting milk from cows or goats. So let's get into this article. So no antibiotics, no hormones, just dairy. A new completely lactose-free dairy. Dairy without the cow. Um, how does that work? The fake milk sold by bored cow uses a wannabe whey protein. A microphora uh, called Profem. Made by their partner Perfect Day, a consumer biology company on a mission to create a kinder, greener tomorrow by developing new ways to make the foods you love today. Starting in the dairy aisle, they claim their product is a new kind of animal-free milk alternative made with real milk protein from feminization. Health Research Institute, HRI, a nonprofit independent lab based in Fairfield, Iowa, examined the multiple Samples of bored cows, original flavored milk using massive spectrum to test the claim that the synthetic protein is contained. It contained was the same as real milk protein. HRI compared these results to sample of natural milk from grass-fed cows. Their testing revealed 92 unknown molecules and a a uh, fungicide in synthetic milk protein used by more than a dozen food brands sold in common grocery chains. <clears throat> the ingredients listed for Bored Cow's original flavor are water, animal-free, whey protein, sunflower, oil, sugar, less than 1% of vitamin A, vitamin B12, vitamin D2, riboflavin, uh, 
uh, uh, circus fiber, salt, uh, dipotassium, uh, phosphate, alka, gel and gum, mixed, uh, antidioxide, calcium, potassium, phosphate, citrus, and natural flavor. So, folks, these are the ingredients you're drinking with synthetic milk. Sounds absolutely disgusting. This is a stew made with uh, sorority and mostly crap. Starting with the sunflower oil, which is an inflammatory seed oil that may be genetically modified as well. Meanwhile, the label does not specify whether the whey protein was produced through the genetic engineering of yeast. Also, the main input for uh, fur, uh, for uh, sugar, and they're using high uh, phosphate corn syrup, which is also a GMO product. It's all gross and phony. Aside from the host of unknown compounds, synthetic milk lack many important micro uh, uh, micro nutrients found in natural milk, such as omega-3 fatty acid, vitamin E, and some uh, vitamin B. Additionally, forms of uh, carnitine that are really important for energy metabolism were either missing or only present in trace amounts in the side bio product. There were 69 important nutrients present in natural milk, most of which were completely absent in Synthetic milk. A few were present in small or trace amounts, according to HRI chief scientist and CEO John. A uh, microbiologist and former cancer researcher at the National Institute of Health has been a worldwide pioneer in testing genetic modified organisms (GMOs). Additionally, only eight compounds were identified. The rest were uncharacteristic by scientific literature. The 92 unknown molecules we found have never been studied by scientists, so we don't know whether they are safe or dangerous, whether they are nutrients or toxins, added Fagan. Fagan found it concerning that the board cow samples also contained an agriculture fungicide called, I can't even say that word, wow. I think the reason this fungicide is present is because they added it to the fermentation process to inhabit the growth of fungi that could contaminate the product system, he said. So the things that we see here are not really good for us. Let me put it this way. ACI official report has not been published yet, but surface to say these, these results contradict perfect day claim that its product used by boar cow is identical to what cows make, claiming the proteins are miraculously identical to those produced by cows is a lie. 1,000% folks. And <laughs> uh, folks, synthetic milk has never before being consumed by human and has not undergone safety testing by U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA. So folks, they're trying to kill us. That's basically it. I'm not even going to read the rest of this article because this is all nonsense. Um, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, folks. None of this has been tested. Synthetic milk has never been tested or drank by humans ever. 
and they're trying to tell you it's the same as natural milk from cows, these people are trying to kill you, folks. Their depopulation agenda is still underway, folks, and I, and I don't understand how people do not understand this. They're trying to kill you, period. No human on the planet Earth should drink modified synthetic milk at all. If this is in your grocery stores, break every single bottle. Break every last one of them. Throw them in the goddamn dumpster. Set them on fire. Get rid of this stuff. This is not good for human consumption at all. Just the ingredients alone, folks. And I'm not really a science person, but just some of the ingredients I read to you should make your stomach turn upside down. Now, folks, I'm a tester. You know, I'm a, I'm a gamer tester, so, you know, I like to test things out. I ate genetic modified meat. I ate lab meat before. Before it was even famous. I ate lab meat in the early stages. It made me sick for a week. I have not touched lab meat again in my life. Do not drink this synthetic milk. Don't do it. Don't fucking do it. If you see it in your store shelves, break every fucking glass, folks. Break every one. They're trying to kill you. They're literally trying to kill you. Seriously. Legally. This is what this is, folks. And plus, they're trying to put you in the hospital. Because... You'll be in the hospital, folks, if you drink this synthetic milk. Your body cannot drink synthetic milk. It cannot. Can't do it. But anyway, folks, we got more stories to get to. Let's get to Davos. So, fake news is what worries the WEF the most. Oh, here we go. Oh, our beautiful World Economic Forum leaders, our overlords, really care about fake news, folks. Isn't that sweet of them? The freaking people that call us useless eaters. They really care about fake news. Well, anyway, let's get into Zargo. So the spread of AI-driven misinformation has become the biggest and most urgent risk for global businesses leaders. As UK voters are expected to take the polls for a general election this year, a new study has revealed. But climate change leading to extreme weather events remain the biggest concern over the long term, according to the World Economic Forum annual survey. The poll of more than 1,400 global risk experts, policymakers, and industry leaders revealed major concerns that false information will be used to further widen societal and political divides. Oh, really? No. What's going to cause that is your stupid-ass fake belief that we should be under your control and the United Nations control going forward and we should not be able to think for ourselves. That's the problem. Anyway, let's continue. It comes at a time of conflict in regions including the Middle East and Ukraine, which you set up, which leaders fear will be worsened by new technologies. Artificial intelligence, AI is expected to fuel the spread of false news, which you guys built, aim the rise of deep fakes, videos appearing on social media, which is already happening. The business leaders polled said they thought misinformation, disinformation, the latter of which refers to news delivery intended to deceive people, is the biggest worldwide risk over the next two years. It overtakes the cost of living crisis as the most urgent threat, according to the analysts by the WEF and complied with was that Marsh and Zerk Insurance Group 
Close to 3 billion people are expected to face elections in several countries, including Bangladesh, India, Mexico, the UK, and the US over the next two years, the Web said. The UK Prime Minister, Rusi Cernak, said he was working toward a general election in the second half of the year. The report comes as business leaders are set to convene in Davos later this month for the WEF annual meeting, which this year is themed Rebuilding Trust. Yeah, you won't be rebuilding trust anytime soon. Meanwhile, climate change remains a mammoth concern for businesses, leaders with extreme weather events viewed as the most severe risk over the next decade. And the cost of living crisis has stayed in focus with the economic risk, inflation, and the risk of an economic downturn included in the top 10. Uh, an unstable order characterized by the polarizing narratives and insecurity, the worsening impacts of extreme weather economic uncertainty are causing accelerating, accelerating risk, including misinformation and disinformation, to propagate. World leaders must come together to address short term crisis as well as they lay the groundwork for a more resilient, sustainable, inclusive future. No, these jackasses are coming together in their private jets, causing more climate change, to talk about our future folks, that they want to control our every single move, our every single thought. Anytime we're sleeping, even want to commercialize our fucking dreams. These people are completely psychopath maniacs that come together once a year around this time to talk about shit that will not bring us more freedoms. It actually brings us more control. Like they give a damn about misinformation and disinformation. They're the ones that push the misinformation and disinformation. They're the ones that are building this AI technology, by the way. So if any defects come, it's because of you. It's not because of us. It's because of you. Okay? So, folks... Davos is an absolute joke. We all know it's Monday. It's January 15, 2024. The Davos meetings have already started, you know, in uh, Davos, Switzerland. Um, you can go on the World Economics YouTube page and watch them if you like, which is absolutely insane. The mainstream media would be there. We all know this. It's absolutely ridiculous how much news coverage this shit is going to have, which is absolutely controlled by these, you know, billionaires that are in the World Economic Forum and these you know, public leaders and all this bullshit. But anyway, folks, you just can't make this shit up. Now, for me, I'll probably watch some of their shit. As a matter of fact, after this podcast, I'll probably go on their freaking World Economic Forum page and start watching some of the crazy shit they have to say. We all know they're going to talk about Disease X, which is, quote-unquote, the next pandemic coming up, folks. So get your popcorn ready for that. Um, we're probably going to have an economic collapse here in March in less than two months from now which I am going to take a huge advantage of, by the way. And uh, you should as well. Um, you never waste a good crisis, by the way. Hillary Clinton told us that. Um, but anyway, folks, Davos is a joke. They, listen, they do not care about us. They do not care about fake news. It's all bullshit for more control. And by the way, they're going to push more taxes anyway. We all know this. But anyway... Moving on, let's get to the Irish. So, Irish online safety code would give media regulatory authority to punish video platforms for videos that indirectly lead to harm. So, overreach is uh, speech control. Man, has Ireland fallen off the freaking deep end. But anyway, let's get into this article. So, advocacy group 
Free Speech Ireland has issued a civil rights alert as the country authorities are working to introduce the Irish Online Safety Code that seems to be, at least in part, inspired by the UK hugely controversial Online Safety Act. For example, although at first glance much smaller in scope, one point from the proposal is remittances of the Online Safety Act legal but harmful doctrine. It is punishing online platforms, specifically video ones, for content that indirectly leads to harm. One of the many such harm would be uh, would be interpreted is even if a video does not contain content of the kind. Comments to it are branded as hateful. In other words, it's a platform liability for third-party content. The regulation would treat it as an in- was that indescribable for users generated videos. One of the consequences is absurd. As Free Speech Ireland notes, to protect themselves, video platforms would have to censor user content that is not even regarded as harmful under the code. Absolutely insane. The rules, if adopted, would be enforced by a regulatory known in, in Irish as... I can't even say that. CNAM Media Commission. Free Speech Ireland explains the CNAM has received the blessing to introduce the regulatory both from the Irish government and the EU. The age verification is also baked into the plans. The target sites known as video sharing platform service VSPS include YouTube, X, and Facebook. And this particular regulation is supposed to be enforced only in Ireland? However, given that many large tech companies have their headquarters for Europe in Dublin, this could eventually complicate the situation and bring the same kind of censorship to the users in the U.S. as well. Journalist Peter, who is based in Brussels, is cited as saying that it would likely be easier to apply EU censorship rules to all users rather than to try to split the user base into EU and non-EU users. There is still formable time to influence all of this, as the process of introducing the online safety code for video platforms is now in public console stage, with the deadline for submissions being the end of the month. CNAM explains that after the conclusion of the consultants, the final version of the code will become part of Ireland's overall online safety framework, making digital servers legally accountable for how they keep people safe online. The rules will incorporate the EU Digital Service Act and the EU Terrorist Content Online Regulation with the whole package to be enforced by CNAM. Folks, Ireland has completely went off the deep end, as I said at the beginning of this. This won't protect anybody. This is actually censorship. That's what this is. Um, you're not protecting anybody by doing this at all saying that certain comments under videos will be considered hate speech? I mean, what are we doing? Like, there is no real definition for hate speech because the definition of hate speech means any comment, any thing you say out of your mouth can be considered hate speech. If you say tap water is dirty, that can be considered hate speech. That's ridiculous. We all know tap water is absolutely disgusting. But if I say it and you label it hate speech, now I can't say it anymore? What is that? The facts are facts. Facts don't care about your feelings. 
But this is what they're doing, folks. They're trying to really censor the Internet. It's absolutely disgusting. And the people need to stand up in Ireland for sure. But, folks, <laughs> this next article I'm about to read to you about Canada is absolutely the most insane shit to date going on in Canada. So, Canada, police say protect the privacy of thieves. Don't post videos of them stealing your packages. My God. <sighs> okay, Canada. Um, let me just say this going forward. Um, until Canada has reversed all of its anti-draconian laws, I will never travel to Canada ever again in my lifetime. Um, because this is completely insane. Let's get into the article. So, Quebec Police Force has advised residents against publicly sharing surveillance videos capturing thieves stealing their packages. In recent years, the phenomenon of porch uh, piracy has become an increasingly troubling aspect of urban and suburban life. As online shopping has surged in popularity, so too has the opportunity for thieves to swipe unattended packages from doorsteps and porches. The rise of porch piracy correlates directly with the boom in e-commerce, with millions of packages being delivered daily, many are left unattended for hours, making them easy targets for thieves. The convenience that online shopping provides to consumers also creates a vulnerability that these criminals exploit. These uh, thieves have reported followed delivery vehicles and swooped in to seize the package when left unattended, according to the Montreal West Public Securities Council. As packages thieves continue to rise, homeowners are utilizing online platforms to expose thieves, seek community support, and sometimes even shame the perpetrators. The trend of uploading videos of packages thieves have gained significant momentum. Home security cameras, doorbell cameras, and other surveillance devices are capturing clear footage of these crimes. Victims share these videos on social media platforms like Facebook X and Nextdoor to warn neighbors and others. But now, Quebec's police are telling people not to upload the videos to social media. Their reasoning, according to SQ Communication Officer Richard, it's to protect the privacy of the thieves. Oh my goodness. Alright. These Quebec police are completely delusional and don't understand reality. But anyway, let's finish the article. You cannot post the images yourself because you have to remember in Canada we have a presumption of innocence and posting that picture could be a violation of private life. SQ communication official Benoit Richard Warren, according to a report aired on CTV. <laughs> so let me get this straight. So I have a security camera and I live in Quebec, Canada. So I have a security camera on my door. I have the uh, 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 the doorbell thing. And a thief steals my package off my door. I'm not allowed to upload the video of this thief stealing my package to social media to warn others about this thief. Are you fucking out of your mind, Canada? I mean, seriously. So now we're not allowed to warn our neighbors and our community about thieves stealing packages and who this person may be. So my next door neighbor or my community don't get their package stolen off their porch. That is absolutely the asinine, most backwards thing I've ever heard in my entire fucking life.
ever. Oh, we have to protect the privacy of thieves. What fucking privacy, bro? They weren't private the moment they decided to come on any residence in Canada and steal someone's package that doesn't belong to them. There is no privacy once you become a thief, bro. I don't know what fucking world you stepped in, but that is not privacy. There's no privacy when you're stealing stuff. At all. Period. I don't know where these fucking Quebec cops get this bullshit from. You gotta be a dumbass person to side with these cops. You gotta be a fucking moron. Absolutely a fucking idiot. If you side with cops like this. That tell you that you're not allowed to upload this information online. Fuck you asshole. I'm going to share this concept because I want to protect my community and my neighbors jackass. Fuck their privacy. Just like you told us fuck our freedoms when it came to COVID and the shots. No, no. Fuck these thieves' privacy. They don't get any privacy when you're stealing people's packages. Fuck you. Anyway, moving on. Now, the last article of the night, folks. And I know we talked about this in the past, but we got to talk about it again. The kill switch coming to vehicles, folks. So if you're a car owner out there or you're thinking about getting a car in the next two years, you might want to read this article five times before you do. So, we live in a world where technology seamlessly integrates into every aspect of our life, including your car. Each morning you step into your vehicle enjoying the convenience of automatically connecting your smartphone. The car system offers everything from navigation to stream your favorite Spotify playlist, even turn your car into a Wi-Fi hotspot, which I have. This integration is the pinnacle of the modern convenience, yet it hides unseen risk to your privacy. As you drive, your car collects extensive data, your speed, your route, even your music choices. This data passing through the car system raises a critical question. Who owns this information? Car manufacturers often claim ownership, but this data is deeply personal, reflecting your habits and preferences. You might not realize how valuable this information is, especially to advertisers. Your car location data paints a viable picture of your life, revealing where you live, work, and shop. This information, though seemingly benign, is a goldmine for creating target advertising profiles. The idea that this data can be used without your explicit consent might be unsettling. Just how much potential to be useful in serving all manners of interest of surveillance state cars have can be gleaned from a single piece of U.S. federal legislation. Surveillance, of course, is not an art of, is not an art for art's sake. Its ultimate goal is tight control of the population, and few things spell control more clearly than a law that makes it mandatory for new cars to have tech embedded that can disable them without a driver's consent. This kill switch provision was first drawn attention by the former congressman Bob Barr, who in late 2021 wrote in a column that President Biden infrastructure legislation of the era, Public Law 117-58, earmarking a trillion dollars, contained one measure that was anything but benign and would come in effect five years from them. From then, like most of these dangerous, deeply invasive, continuous measures, for example, introducing encryption backdoors, this one was also promoted as simply a way to make the world better. Namely, make sure drunk drivers can be stopped literally in their tracks. Barr at the time 
interpreted the provision as passively monitoring a driver's performance to mean that the system will be operating all the time and that to operate at all times it must be connected to operable controls of the car and that means enabling a lot of potential abuse nothing the habitable lack of detailed explanation as to what a law does in particular how it does it Barr also warned the label of the system being open could mean a backdoor that lets anybody access it unauthorized and malice third parties included which if true would represent a danger at least as brave as drunk driving the recent push towards implementing alcohol detection system in automobiles covertly known as a kill switch marks a significant jury in the ongoing dialogue between technological advancement and civil liberties. On the surface, these systems promise a reduction in alcohol-related vehicle vehicular incidents, a noble and necessary pursuit. However, the implications of such technology extend far beyond the immediate scope of traffic safety, ushering in concerns about privacy, automation, and the potential for governmental overreach. At the core of the debate is the technical itself, technology itself. Uh, sophisticated sensors and algorithms designed to detect alcohol impairment and upon such detection disable the vehicle. This pre-assumption safety measure is lauded for its potential to save lives by curbing drunk driving and persistently trouble cause of road fatalities. However, the adoption of such technology mandates continuous monitoring of drivers and infusion that raises significant privacy concerns. Questions about regarding the custody and the application of collected data, which fears with fears that its scope could extend beyond its original intent. The concept of a vehicle capable of overriding human commands intersection with deeper uh was that philosophy and ethical consideration. This intersection challenges the very notion of automation and consent in the context of personal mobility. The notion that a machine, however well intended, can exert such control over an individual's decision-making autonomy is a continuous one. It raises the prospect of a future where personal discretion is increasing and ceded to automated systems for safety but at what cost to individual freedom the reliability of these systems is not absolute the potential for the false positive where non-impaired drivers are erroneous identified as intoxicant introduce a layer of unpredictability potential injustice into everyday interactions with personal vehicles this unreliable co coupled with the possibility of governmental misuse such as the deployment of killswits to immobilize vehicles for reasons unrelated to driver impairment, like during civil unrest or for political motivated purposes, cast a long shadow over the technology benefits. Fast forward to today, and there was recently an incident in Congress to defund this particular mandate. It came from Congress Thomas, who explained that the kill switch, which is supposed to be incorporated into all new cars starting in 2027, will work based on data gathered from those cars, specifically information about the performance of the driver who will be monitored by the technology inside the vehicle. 
Massey, who was a Republican but one with libertarian leanings similar to Bar Aliazi profile, tried to make a case for his amendment by saying that the right to travel is fundamental, but this fell on deaf ears. All Democrat representatives saved for one, but also 19 Republicans voted against and made sure the amendment failed. But the story about this feature coming to newly sold cars in America goes beyond politics. Basic rights, as a report has found out by the now infamous fact-checking industry, also played a supporting role. The article explains that those unsure what this kill switch mandate actually is, and if really means that cars can be stopped against the driver's will, would have been reassured that this was not the case if they searched using Google. So, is the kill switch mandate true? U.S. Today and Associated Press fact-checkers returned the verdict of a resounding false. Political fact was somewhat more tempered in its assessment, saying that the claim was mostly false. Stoops went along the same line, stating it was a mixture of true and false. Thanks, that clarifies nothing. But if one goes into the law section 24220, the text makes one wonder which part of it confused the fact checker so that they would assure that the claim that the claim a car can be disabled by someone other than its driver is either false or partly false. The section states that the goal is indeed to make sure drunk drivers are prevented from causing accidents and do this via advanced prevention technology, which must, i.e., the provision is mandatory, become standard equipment in all new passenger mobile vehicles. How will the car, or rather those now effectively driving it remotely, know what's happening? As Barr wrote two years ago, via passively performance monitoring, and if trouble is detected, then the system can prevent or limit mobile vehicle operation. Pretty straightforward language. On the other hand, the actual method of deciding whether there are grounds for the system to be activated or are muddy, and that's the lack of detail that might cause confusion. But the intent is clear. To be able to disable a car when the authorities are given the power to choose to do so. So folks, there it is. There it is right there in plain English. You can read this article for yourself on reclaimthenet.org. All links will be in the description below. But folks, there you go. There's are your six articles. So we got synthetic, genetic modified synthetic milk coming to our fucking stores. We have RoboCop in our fucking grocery stores to monitor thieves stealing alcohol. We have the fake news epidemic going on being discussed at Davos. We have Iris with the online safety bullshit they're about to come. In Canada, you can't fucking upload videos of thieves stealing your packages now because the cops ask you not to and you got to protect the privacy of thieves. That is the most dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. And then we got the kill switch. So yeah, folks. So uh, good luck traveling. Go good luck going on road trips in the year 2027. Good luck with that. Uh, good luck stumbling out of the bar drunk as shit and getting behind the wheel, which you shouldn't be doing anyway. Or driving high as a kite from smoking a lot of marijuana. Um, good luck with that in 2027 and beyond. Uh, you won't be driving at all. Because some jackass, maybe some left-wing jackass that ain't getting no freaking sex at home decides they're going to just shut off your car. Because they don't like you. You know, uh, 
They don't like your race. Uh, they don't like that you're into Bitcoin and altcoins. They don't like the fact that you're uh, going to these Bitcoin-only conferences or these crypto conferences or these Web3 conferences. They don't like that at all, so they're just going to shut off your car. How lovely is that going to be? When you're in, like, Dubai or something, you're trying to get from a blockchain conference back to your hotel and you're trying to drive and then all of a sudden your shit gets turned off in the middle of the fucking highway. How nice is that going to be? I wonder how many accidents that's going to cause. How many pileups that's going to cause. Oh, and if you're in upstate New York in the wintertime where we get snowstorms and shit, yeah, good luck killing somebody's switch in the middle of a blizzard. Thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm now stuck on the highway. And I can't get home after a 10-hour shift at work in the middle of January in a fucking blizzard. Thanks for turning off my car, asshole. Thanks. Now I get to sit here and freeze half to death. Thanks a lot. It's absolutely stupid, folks. You can't pick this shit up in Hollywood film. You fucking can't. You fucking cannot. You cannot. And oh, do I think there's going to be a financial collapse uh, in the first quarter? Absolutely. freaking Absolutely. Because either that or it's going to be a false flag. Why? Because they need to cut rates. The Fed needs to cut rates, folks. So, it's a lot of things happening here in the next two months. Um, I'm looking forward to Prague in June. Cannot wait for that. I may go to the Massachusetts mass adoption Bitcoin thing um, in May. We will see. I haven't decided yet. Um, I know one of my Bitcoin meetup friends is moving to Peru. So that's good to see. So I'll see him on the 31st for our Bitcoin meetup for the last time. His name is John. So it's going to be uh, sad to see him go. But I understand. Get out of the United States while it's good. Hey, man, you're going to make a killing down there because the amount of money uh, the U.S. dollars worth, you can make. You can live down there for way cheaper in Peru than you can in the U.S. So I love the move. I'm glad he's making the move. I hope his wife and his kids are happy as well. It's a great move. I definitely want to do that, you know. Possibly get a place outside the U.S. I definitely want to do that in the future. Can't do it now, but I definitely want to do it in the future. Um, but yeah, man, um, I'm definitely looking forward to that here in the next 10 to 15 years to do that. But um, but yeah, folks, I can't wait to go to Prague. Super excited. You know, inshallah, Allah will it. I'll be at Prague in June. Um, I'll be in Czech Republic. Can't wait to be there. Check out the country. Check out uh, the the biggest Bitcoin-only conference of the summer in Europe. Yeah, folks, I finally get to go to Europe, which is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, But I'm super excited. I'm very excited, man. And uh, look like the Bitcoin fees are coming down, which is great. Good to see there. And, uh, yeah, I'm really going to go big in Solana coming up uh, before the end of the first quarter. Definitely looking forward to that as well. Um, I thought about going big in Tron, but I think I'm not going to do that. Um, I'm liking the staking rewards that I'm getting currently right now. And as Tron goes up in value, my staking rewards will get more and more valuable. But, uh, yeah, I'm going big in Solana. Um, if Rune blows up to where I think it's going to blow up, uh, Thor Chain's coin. Um, I'm going to sell some of my rune back to Tron and I'm going to go ahead and stake that as well. So yeah, we'll do that. We'll keep some rune, you know, around just in case it blows up again in the next bull run, which will probably be 2028, um, 2029, um, for sure. 
And then, yeah, folks, you know what's funny, though? We'll have a bear market in 2030. That's the funny part. We're going to have a bear market in 2030, folks. So when, you know, the year that the West keeps talking about, the year of 2030. So it's, it's ironic that we're going to have a bear market in 2030. So funny. But then we'll have a bull market in 2032, which is absolutely hilarious. But uh, anyway, folks, that is the show. So I just want to let you know that the podcast will be available on Wednesday at 3 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 a.m. Pacific. And I will be looking to get my plane ticket here in the next two months for Prague on my round trip ticket to Prague. And then I'll look up either get an Airbnb or I will probably stay in a hotel. We will see um, what I'm going to do. I will be down in Phoenix, Arizona in February around the Valentine's Day uh, week. So I'll be going down there on Wednesday and then staying until Sunday, coming back Sunday uh, afternoon. And then uh, getting back to work, folks. And now it's time for me to build up my pay time off. It's time for me to build up my vacation time. Continue to do that. Build up my un- uh, unpaid time off as well. Uh, my job is starting to hire again, which we all knew was coming. But, folks, it's time to make that money, man. And time to continue doing what I'm doing. Um, continue stacking Satoshis every week. Doing my dollar cost average every week. And uh, go from there. And uh, continue using the Lightning Network that I've been using on a daily basis. Um, I do think bank accounts will be frozen uh, before the end of the first quarter. I do think that uh, CBDCs are coming to the United States, but they'll use stable coins instead of uh, CBDC. They're much easier to program, and the American people will fall for it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But anyway, folks, this is your boy Nightmare Chaos signing off. And if you haven't joined me on Noster, Please join our Noster. I will put the link of my Noster in the description below. So you click on that link. Find me on Noster. Definitely check out the Noster, uh, the Domus merch. We do have a uh, Noster store as well online. So you can get all the Domus Noster merch that we sell as well. I love Noster, man. Noster is an amazing place. I love being there. It's way better than Twitter, way better than Facebook, way better than Instagram, way better than all those other social media apps. Nostra's a great thing. Um, we definitely need to use it more as well. If you haven't been to the Nostra house, it's in Nashville. Definitely check it out as well. Um, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to Nashville. No, thank you. Um, I really don't try to go anywhere Bitcoin Magazine puts up and I just don't like some of the things they promote. That's why I don't, I'm not a big fan of Bitcoin Magazine. And uh, they're part of the Laser Eye Cult, which is absolutely ridiculous in Bitcoin. But anyway, folks, going on a tangent. I'm going to get the hell out of here before I go on a tangent. I will holler at y'all next weekend. Peace.